Out Front with Vince Noble, the weekly podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. Available wherever you download or listen to your podcasts. There is a new weapon in the fight against COVID-19. The Veloro Company provides NASA-based active pure technology air purifiers that rapidly eliminate 99.9% of airborne SARS-CoV-2 viruses from your immediate environment. This amazing advanced technology filtering system was first developed for use by the NASA Space Shuttle Program. And now to help meet the curable demand of the global pandemic crises, this amazing technology is made available at affordable pricing to the general public for your home or place of business use. For more information, contact USAsia OT and Majestics LLC at 689-222-8900 or 312-200-0109 or email subject information at usasiaonlinetrade at gmail.com. Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble, the podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you stepping into your authentic power today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast, the show that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. I am your host, Vance Noble. Hey, I am super excited on today. And once again, we have a very exciting episode today. We have the distinct pleasure of having with us Nana Kwaku Dukwabo the first business owner, executive leadership coach, and respectable chief from Ghana. As always, before we get started with these extraordinary conversations, I want to say as much as I love how intellectually stimulating they are, they are meant to do far more than pique our intellect. They are meant to drive us into meaningful action. So as you listen, Our guests are not solely on this show to promote themselves, their services, or products. However, in large part, to provide significant insights and actionable steps to encourage you and engage you, thereby helping to shift you from one level to the next. So I encourage you to listen and to think about how you may make a difference no matter who you are. It is my greatest hope that you find tremendous value in today's episode. In this episode, we'll be talking one-on-one with Nana about his connection with Africa from the U.S. as well as his continued work of connecting the African diaspora through business and economic empowerment. We have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go.
Nana, welcome to the show today. Oh, like, thank you, Frank. Thank you for having me. Hey, sir, it's certainly a, a, a pleasure uh, that you would spend some of your time uh, with us on today, and we certainly don't take that lightly. And we uh, we recognize uh, from where you're located in the United States, you had some challenges uh, last week, and it's certainly, again, a pleasure uh, to have you on today. Oh, no worries. It's an, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Nana, for those who may not know you that well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what was your early childhood like, your early childhood influences, and what has brought you to the work you so passionately do today? Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, I'd, I'd first like to pay special attention to my king, Okatachi, Dr. Amanfi Seventh. He's the paramount chief of the Cebu traditional area in Ghana. Uh, Nana Obukesi, Ampa the first, Nana Kra Kwamina the second, and the um, and the other Nana Nome of the traditional area, the Cebu traditional area as a whole, and of course the wonderful people of my village in Akroma. Speaking uh, a little bit about myself, um, I, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised. I went to USC, um, the University of Southern California, where I studied entrepreneurship, um, graduated with honors. Uh, I became a serial entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was, uh, well, officially started it uh, when I was 22, but worked on it before that, um, and have since started several uh, successful businesses. Um, I, I do a lot of work uh, both here and internationally uh, with a focus in, in Africa. Um, and, and as far as my early childhood influences go, it, it would certainly have to be uh, start with my parents. Um, my parents have been pretty influential and inspirational in my life. Um, and, and, and outside of that, I would say sports icons, music icons, people like Jerry Rice or, or Jay-Z, um, as they represented African-American excellence, um, together, them, my parents, and, and all of my influence re represented that African-American excellence, um, the, the overcoming odds and, um, you know, being an example of, of the value of hard work and dedication. Absolutely. It's, it's always wonderful to gain just a little bit more insights uh, into uh, transformational leaders. And so that's wonderful to hear that. So, you know, Nana, many people, you know, they talk next level stuff. Um, however, in truth, um, you know, they're not willing to do next level stuff. You know, typically there's a huge a gap oftentimes between talking about it and really being about it, as I would say. And you certainly... Um, is a man widely known for delivering what you say. And I understand, you know, you made a commitment and um, sort of reconnected with Africa. And as a result was um, appointed um, a chief position in Ghana uh, with all the rights, lights, and responsibilities of such. Tell us a little bit about that experience. How did that come to be? But more specifically, uh, what was you thinking at that time when you made the decision um, or the acceptance with such a huge responsibility? Yeah, um, you know, the experience of becoming a chief is it's almost inexplainable. It kind of just happens to you. Um, I, I, you know, there was a lot of things that kind of had to line up perfectly, really perfectly to uh, be in a position to where I could uh, 
be able to assume that kind of a role. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that I had to go through to, to, to really achieve that. Um, uh, but I think, but, but at the time uh, of kind of accepting this responsibility, I think I was thinking about how the actual platform, the chieftaincy, um, the responsibilities and the role uh, would help me achieve the good that I want to do for humanity. So it mm -hmm. really gives me a platform that allows people to look at me so that I can point them towards the things that need to be done in helping to better people's lives, offer opportunities, um, really just uh, improve their education, knowledge, um, and the well-being of people. That's that's kind of my life's goal. Um, so it's really helping me to have the opportunity, the authority, and the ability to uh, be impactful in that way. Um, and so I really, I'm really passionate about um, educating and and the well-being of people, particularly particularly um, those that are uh, of lesser privilege. Mm -hmm. So, so Nana, what would you say that was uh, sort of significant or uh, prepared you in a way uh, for such a uh, position of chief? Yeah, I I'd like to think that I've actually been preparing for this my entire life without even knowing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think the the role of a chief is is very important for the people. Um, it it's someone that needs to be humble. They can't be self seeking. They can't be about um, you know, using the platform to, you know, just make a bunch of money or be famous or whatever it may be, um, or for the power. It's really about using that, um, that power and influence to assist and help other people. So ha someone that has a heart for that is fit for that type of role, but not only someone that has a heart for it, but someone that has the ability to execute on these things and the know-how and the education. So I think just like my background and my education, um, in, in entrepreneurship and, and really bringing opportunities and training people and hiring people. And, you know, so just like this whole practice, um, kind of prepared me for it. And then my heart just bleeds for the people. So, um, I think that was kind of the, the cherry on top that, 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 um, I think made me or makes me, um, qualified for the role. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So now, now, what what are some of your top priorities or concerns um, as chief, and and sort of how do you communicate that um, to the people? And then once you communicate it or your intent, how how is it carried out? Do you have a support a support staff there in Africa? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Um, I'm I'm really really early into my chieftaincy, so I I honestly can't even comment too much on it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but my mm -hmm. priorities, um, my, my role is Mpuntu Hin. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Chief Nana Kweku de Krabo the first, and I'm Mpuntu Hin of, of Akroma. And in that title, Mpuntu Hin means development chief, um, I guess, loosely translated. And essentially, my role is to help develop, develop my village, Akroma, um, even the Asebo traditional area, kind of even expanding further out into the central region of Ghana and Ghana itself, uh, even all the way out to Africa as a whole, you know, and mm -hmm. what I really want to do is just bring opportunities for employment, education, technological advancements, uh, healthcare advancements, infrastructure advancements, and, and, and the likes of that I can um, offer opportunity 
Um, I can create opportunities for people to uh, achieve their dreams and their goals, um, for a, a country to begin to export and bring money in to the country and things like that. So that's what I'm really excited about being a part of. And um, it, as far as the support system there, I have a lot of people there. Obviously I have the, the, the chieftaincy and the Nana Gnome. Um, Nana Gnome is, is just plural for Nana. Um, and so I have the, the Nana Gnome that support me. I have um, some friends that I've been communicating with for, for a while now. So I have a lot of um, a lot of support, really. I think even some of the best and then the brightest people in the world, in my opinion, um, mm. are, are, are really supporting, supporting me in, in my initiatives. So I'm really excited about that. And, and obviously my, my, my main goal is providing an outlet for, um, Africans in the diaspora, the, the diaspora to connect to the continental Africans and continental Africa and both mm. bringing, um, you know, unity, and 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 kind of cooperation between the two parties, but also uh, bringing resources and intellect and skills and embodies even, um, and offering an opportunity for people to uh, check out Africa and, and and see it as an um, as a potential place where they could uh, perhaps raise a family and grow into who they were called to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So so what has been sort of your um, primary communication barriers integrating as the new chief? You know, there hasn't been very many uh, because um, they do speak English. Um, we, we and uh, yeah, we, we speak English there, but I, I would say, yeah, I can't even say there's any really communication barriers. Um, however, when I am there, um, I'm moving there in April, and when I'm there, um, I will learn the local dialect, which is Twi and uh, Fancy, Fanti. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, Nana, can you share also uh, what has been your most, I would say, interesting story that happened to you since uh, becoming the chief? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I think the most interesting thing is seeing firsthand how chiefs are treated. Um, it, it's, it's almost surreal, um, coming, you know, from America or, or coming there as an American, um, with, with a heart for, for Africa, um, because we here in, in America, we don't really have an understanding of royalty and how to treat royalty and things like that. Um, so really seeing that firsthand um, as a chief, it, it, it's, it's, it's really overwhelming. Um, it's super interesting and very overwhelming. Um, however, you know, it's, it comes with great weight and responsibilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So no, now I, you know, I happen to believe that, you know, more so than ever before, um, there are actually more African Americans who are honestly considering ways to reconnecting with Africa, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. in ways as you have in business development opportunities or what have you. Um, what would you say are the main obstacles in reconnecting, if you will, uh, in meaningful collaborative ways in Africa? Uh, well, the main obstacles is education. Um, it, people just don't know. I didn't know until just Mm -hmm. recently, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I think just educating people, once people 
understand that Africa is not a dark continent. It's not just a place where there's just jungles and, you know, people would are super poor and, you know, there's nothing there. Like as soon as you can get over that hurdle and begin to see that, no, Africa is beautiful. Like it, there's, there's developments. It's not as developed as certain parts are not as developed as like the United States or, or Europe per se, but um, there's a lot of beautiful places to be in Africa, to live, to thrive. Um, you know, so I think education is the the biggest, the biggest obstacle to us really connecting in a meaningful way. Um, the second thing is, okay, now I understand how it is. I see the beauty in it. I see the opportunity. I see how I could potentially live and in, in what I could potentially do. Now, who do I connect with? Like mm-hmm. now, how do I, like, I actually muster up the, you know, the, the gall, if you will, to, um, to relocate to Africa. Okay. Now I want to go now, now who do I talk to? Like, how do I now what? You know, um, and so I think that becomes the the, the second major Im- impediment, um, which is why I'm creating um, pathways and trying to first be a model and saying, "Hey, I did it. I did it in a different way." Obviously, I'm coming as royalty. That's it's a bit different, but it can still be done. Here's what I did, and here's some people you know you can connect with. I can plug you in. You want to, you know, come to Ghana? Let me plug you with this person or that person you want to go to Kenya here. I have some connects there. So it's, it's really just, um, I'm really wanting to be a bridge so that people can have number one, the education, but then the, what, what now, um, Mm -hmm. uh, answered because those are the, those are the things that are stopping us. And if we have those things out of the way, I think we see a lot more exploration into Africa and, and what it has to offer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so also, you know, I would say now that that sort of leads into my next question is that, I mean, obviously, as as you articulated that, you know, you do have a certain um, belief or mindset in terms of sustainment when it comes to the level of investment in Africa. But from your perspective, in terms of a little bit more in terms of investing in Africa. Um, you know, is it a sound business decision and is it a sustainable, uh, you know, corporate strategy, would you say? Uh, yeah, well, not only is it it's sound, but it's vital. Um, mm-hmm. Africa is, is the last frontier, if you will. There's it's it's the last place that hasn't been fully developed um, as a continent. Um, and there's just so much opportunity. There's so many uh, so much investment is going in now, and it's just it's growing exponentially. Um, I think people are starting to wake up. If, if I'm, you know, uh, speaking bluntly, it's uh, I think a lot of the Americans and the Europeans and Asians are starting to see the opportunity mm-hmm. less less the African Americans or, or Africans even that even live there, uh, don't see it as, as, um, the outsiders do. So I think part of, of us really making that big impact is we have to invest in ourselves. We have to invest in Africa, um, because it is, it is, if we don't, others will, and then we'll miss the ship again. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's sustainable. Absolutely. There, uh, uh, the tech scene is, 
is growing rapidly. Um, I think if you're looking for something safe, it's it's farming, it's manufacturing, um, but there's still huge, huge opportunities in those. Um, it, uh, those are very, very sustainable businesses and business models. Um, and if you're looking for, you know, something more risky, but could be well worth it, um, you know, it's tech. Uh, there, mm-hmm. There's tech and infrastructure. It's uh, real estate. Um, all these things are just growing at, at a, at an exponential rate. And there's so much opportunity for us to, to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Nana, what would you say to that, that one person that's listening, um, that's sort of on the fence that is saying, I'd love to go back to Africa and invest, but, but it's just too risky. What was that? What would be that one thing mm-hmm. you would say to them? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say you're right. It is, it is, risky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but not, you know, it's scary, right? But nothing worth having is easy or an easy call. Right. Um, I, I would say you just need to do research and educate yourself. Um, really, really take the time to consider what it is and how it is and get in contact with people like me um, who can give good advice about it from a firsthand perspective, from a diasporan, diasporan perspective, you know, someone that comes from outside of Africa that's moving to Africa that has both experiences. Um, I think you'll get a lot more valuable insight from those kind of people. Um, and, and all in all, just, you know, take visit, visit Ghana. You know, um, I, they call Ghana the gateway to, to Africa because it's just it's an entry level kind of experience that gives you a bit of all of Africa, a bit of what all of Africa has to offer. So um, and the people are just so friendly and so wonderful and so welcoming um, to us to go there. It's, it's truly a great great place to be. It's safe. Um, you know, a lot of people are concerned with safety and getting kidnapped and things like that. I think you don't have to worry so much about that in Ghana, um, as you may in, in, in other countries in, in Africa, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely safe. Um, it's extremely enjoyable, extremely fun with, with extremely great people. Um, so I would say take a plan of plan a trip doesn't even cost all that much, you know, and see it firsthand. And if you need anyone, I'm reach out to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're really serious about mm-hmm. being involved in the Africa movement, whether it's, you know, your, your own resources or, or investing, or you, you don't want to help with building in any way, education, healthcare, whatever it may be, um, get in touch with me. You know, I, I can point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So no, no, I, I truly do see you as, you know, sort of this emerging global leader. Um, that's, you know, that's in fact, it's in the midst of a very tough season for so many people mm-hmm. and, and many people are seeking clarity and inspiration and, and actionable steps and tools to help them sort of continue to navigate uh, many different organizational practices and, and protocols, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, during these extraordinary times. So I have to ask, even from a leader perspective, mm-hmm. um, h- how are you doing in terms of, you know, your spiritual, mental, uh, physical, emotional well-being? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what encouragement and or advice would you give to those that are in truth 
you know, mentally taxed in this in this um, mental marathon, as I would say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What would you say to them in terms of uh, how to navigate the day to day operations of a business while keeping momentum in this COVID environment? Yeah, um, that is a that is a great question. I, I think for me personally. Um, for me personally, I have a huge support system. Um, I think having a support system is very, very vital. If you're out there alone and you're by yourself, um, discouragement sets in, um, you know, negative thoughts, negative feelings, even, you know, depression and things and and just negative self-talk, all these things can linger and convince you um, that things were never are never going to get better, you know. So I think having a a support system, people you can reach out to, whether they're family or friends, or uh, you know, if you're religious, you know, your pastor or whatever it may be, a religious guide or whatever it may be for you, but a counseling even. I think just having a support system is is vitally important in in these times. Um, and, and for me. I've been I've been doing well um, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, not not always all day, every day, right? Like we all go through our challenges and our and our our ups and downs. It's definitely been a roller coaster for me. Um, but it, the overall um, the overall of it is I'm good, and mm-hmm. the reason I'm good is first and foremost because of my God. Um, Mm. and I truly believe he sustained me and he has provided and and cared for me, um, and, and, and really given me favor. But over that, uh, you know, just my family, my family loves and supports me and, you know, to even consider moving to Ghana or things like that. Like these are big, big, big life decisions. And if you don't have family or friends that can support that, uh, it's hard to make those decisions. Right. And then I have the Nana Nome in, in, in my village. And so uh, I, I think for for people, it's just being reminded that the seasons do not always last, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how bad or how grim or how uh, dark the tunnel looks, there's always light at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So during this season of of trying to navigate COVID and, you know, my business is suffering and my, my personal life is suffering and just things are crazy. People are dying. Like it's just, it's chaos right now. Right. But just keeping your eye on the prize. And I think that's like, know that this is going to end at some point and let me continue to push forward so that I, so that when it does end, I'm in a, I'm in a place where I can continue to move forward and, um, and, and, achieve success and um and get and get rest rest is important rest is just as important as the grind i I don't think that's talked about or stressed enough but get enough rest so that you're fully equipped and fully energized to keep pushing forward Mm -hmm. wonderful that's wonderful so nana let's shift a little bit if you will um Mm -hmm. Uh, to the business, um, what what were some of your condition uh, motivations or the conditions um, that led you to forming Pratt Business Solutions and also sort of overseeing the operations of several light companies? Yeah, motive. I, I think life, just mm-hmm. life and 
life conditions and just the path of life and the way things just unfolded. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur in every mm-hmm. sense of the word, right? I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. entrepreneurial. It's just part of my being. So entrepreneurials, all entrepreneurial people always find pain and they always find solutions to pain. And that's how you make mm-hmm. a business. So mm-hmm. I, for me, I felt like I did a lot of consulting. Um, I did a lot of headhunting and recruiting uh, for, for large organizations, as large as Fortune 500 companies down to, you know, your single person startups. And so um, I, I've kind of consulted and been involved in these levels of businesses for so long that I just decided like that, let me make a business out of it, you know? Um, and so I, I kind of summed everything I was doing up into Pratt Business Solutions and continued to grow that, um, which led to me connecting and doing things in Africa and and, and partnerships and growing and um, in which eventually led me to, you know, my, my chieftaincy. So um, I think life, life has been, it's just life conditions and being entrepreneurial um, minded, being entrepreneurial minded is, uh, is kind of how, how I, I've been motivated to start and partner with, with the companies that I'm, that I'm currently engaged with. Mm-hmm. 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 So, so Nana, in terms of, um, emerging markets, what do you see the possibilities of being in Africa and specifically what insights would you share for those seeking to start up uh, opportunities? Yeah. So emerging markets, I mean, anything in tech, farming, manufacturing, um, healthcare, education, uh, infrastructure development, like real estate. I, I t- if I'm honest, it's it's pretty much anything. Like there's so many, there's so every every market is emerging in Africa right now. You know what I mean? It's because Africa is emerging, and so you know the one thing that really is working really well, in my opinion, is the fact that Africa almost is the last place to develop. So it got, it, it has a model. It's, you can look at America, you can look at Europe, you can look at China, like you can look all around the world, Dubai, and see their infrastructure, see how it's set up, see how things are working, see how money's flowing in and out, um, and then start to model after that. And so, for example, right now they're, they're using 2 and 3G for their phone cellular service. So if you were to figure out a way to either use high speed or get it up to 5G or even to use something completely different than a G, like, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. create something new. Like that's just, there's so much opportunity to do those Mm -hmm. kind of things because Mm -hmm. it's not set up like where it would be hard to start a new business in America or try to find a new pain in America because there's, you know, it's all about innovation and the next best thing, right? Because everything's set up. So it's like the next best thing, but in Africa, it's not like the next best thing. It's just like the main thing It still needs to be developed. Right. So like there's so many opportunities in just doing the main thing, infrastructure, real estate, you know, manufacturing, like setting up healthcare facilities, like, these things are, you know, even, um, you know, training hospitals. And um, I think with the rise of COVID, it really, it really shifted everything to digital. So that 
in itself is going to be a game changer for a developing nation like Africa, a developing continent like Africa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now, now what, what would you say, you know, sort of the biggest mistakes or misconception misconceptions from your perspective, at least, um, what, what do you see those startup companies make in Africa? Yeah, I, I think they don't fully plan. I think, um, a lot of the times, uh, and not all of them, obviously, but a lot of the times projects, um, people are, will start projects before they raise all the capital, um, mm. that's necessary. So they, I think the, the intention is like, if we just get going, we'll, you know, we'll have the money or we could just do this first phase. And then while we're doing the first phase, we could raise the phase, the money for the next phase, but not, that doesn't always happen. Right. You, you get to the end of the first phase and you don't have any money for the second phase. Now you have, um, you know, a partial project. Um, I, th I, you see this a lot in homes, home building, like out there, you'll see a lot of homes that are just not done, you know, and it's like, because they, they ran out of resources or they're building it over time. Maybe they're building it over a year or three years. Mm -hmm. It's just a house. Right. And right, so right. I think that a lot of that can be eliminated by planning more accurately, um, and raising money from credible sources that can see your, your vision and can see all that you need. And then you can, break it up into paint, uh, you know, certain releases of your money or a full investment or whatever it may be. But having all the money before you start a project, in my opinion, is the best way mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So now, now, you know, I always say on this show um, that a huge part of this show is about positive winning mindsets and about being resilient and demonstrating mental toughness learning to face adversity all while sort of continually to, to lead, live, win, and fulfill dreams. Mm -hmm. And so we truly bring guests to this show that truly embodies what this show is all about. And you certainly, sir, um, embody what this show is all about. And hey, we salute you on today. And we oh, really I truly appreciate you coming today. So now, now we're in this segment of the show uh, that we call Hot Seat. And mm -hmm. where we ask a few random hot topic questions that most of our listeners just want to know from, from leaders. Mm -hmm. And so my first question would be, if you could turn back the time and talk to that 18 year old self, what would you say to him? <laughs> oh, well, what wouldn't I say to him? Right. <laughs> um, I, I guess the, the, the main thing I would say is focus now, like, pay attention in class. Like when I was first at USC, I, I was, I ran track there and I, it wasn't about school. It was about sports and fun and party and all that, you know? Um, and I would just say, you can have all that fun later, like just focus now and you'll be able to achieve your dreams much sooner and be able to enjoy your life much sooner um, and not have to go through all the heartaches that you went through um, that I went through at 35, <laughs> you know, yeah. so right. I would say there's a lot that you can learn and avoid. Um, but in the same breath, I, I think all that, all those things made me who I am. So I think there's like, I wouldn't change it, but if I could go back and tell them, I would be like, man, just pay attention and knock it out now. Like, so you don't have to do it later. Like I, I went to school and I, then I, I, I dropped out and, you know, I started, did life a little bit, started a few companies and went back and finished. 
right? So I would be like, just knock it out now. You're like, you're, you know, get it done. So things like that, uh, you know, but I do feel like there's, there's no real mistakes um, in business and in life. I, I think only, uh, you know, failure only leads to, to lessons. I think that if you learn them, then you can grow, you grow towards success. You know, they say fail your way to success or, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, a familiar thing, but yeah, just, you know, there's no, there's no mistakes in business. Only, 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 only failures that lead to success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now, now what would you say something people seem to misunderstand about you? Ah, misunderstand. I, I would say, I think people tend to take my kindness for weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a very nice, very humble, very just caring. I just, I love people. I love peace. I love seeing people smile. Like I love these things. So I, I tend to avoid conflict if I don't have mm-hmm. to engage in conflict, right? If I feel conflict rising, I tend to withdraw myself or try to diffuse it. Um, and I, and I, and that can lead to people feeling like I'm perhaps weak or, you know, whatever, but I I do, uh, like to say I have a long fuse, but a big bomb, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it takes, I'm very patient and it takes a long time to actually get me to that point of exploding, but I can't explode, you know? So I think that, yeah, just my kindness for weakness. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now, what would you say has been now, your greatest uh, personal achievement? Um, yeah, well, I think outside of my my faith in God, um, being a husband, being a father, um, I would say just being being crowned as a chief. You know, it really allows me to do much more good in a shorter amount of time than I would have otherwise. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So my next question will be: What has sort of been your um, biggest failure, you would say, and and then what did you learn from it? Mm. I would say my biggest failure would probably be my first business failing because I think that, you know, having such high aspirations and being so passionate about it and it's my baby and blah, 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 and then it not working out and be having to shift gears or start another business and, and, what, and whatnot, um, I think that, it, it it really showed me that entrepreneurship is not so much about the business about it's about the journey mm-hmm. um and and being on that journey is what fuels and drives me um and what i when that failure of a business wasn't really a failure because i learned a lot of skills in that mm-hmm. time figuring it out falling on my face you know so i think it, I can't even call it failure. I think, I think I learned that, um, the failure is not the opposite of success. It's a part of success. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, failing, I just kept failing and getting back up and all right, let me try it like this. Okay. Not that. Let me try it like this. And I think that skill over time, uh, led to, to my success today. Mm-hmm. I, I would even say at times that that sort of requires uh, developing a certain intimacy, if you will, with failure, mm-hmm. where you don't view it as sort of an in all, as you said. Yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't even sting as much. You're kind of like, oh, OK, it didn't work. All right. Well, let me let me try this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. verse, when it first happened, I was like, bum, like, hey, I really mm-hmm. thought this was it. 
you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I guess not. What else you got for me, God? You know, <laughs> like, right, right, so, right. Mm-hmm. right. So, so now, now what makes you feel inspired or like being your best music? I think, mm. um, I play several instruments. Um, oh, wow. and so when I get a chance to just get lost in my instruments, mm-hmm. you know, my mind is, my mind is free. I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm calm. You know, I'm in my happy place. So mm-hmm. I, I think music really is my therapy. Um, and it really, it really co- helps me just to escape from life for a little bit and just get lost. So mm-hmm. I think that it, that allows me the break that I need from the stresses of the days and the, you know, the pressure, the mental, you know, attacks and all that stuff throughout the day that allows me to just um, get away for a second and, 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 and refresh myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Nana, before we go, how can people connect with you either online or through social media uh, with some of the things you're doing once again in Africa or even here in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, well, I think link, uh, LinkedIn would probably be the most uh, the most reliable way to get in contact with me. You can find me on there at either Michael B. Pratt or Nana Kweku de Krabo the first. Um, mm-hmm. either one you put in should pull me up and, um, second, secondarily would probably be Instagram or Facebook. I don't use them as much. Um, okay. I don't check them as much, but, um, you can reach out to me on there. My, my handle on Instagram is at Nana de Crabble. Um, Facebook, I believe that it's Michael Pratt, Mike Pratt, one of those, or it's Nana de Crabble. I'm, I'm not sure what I, what I updated it to. Um, but it's, it's something in that, in that realm. And, and I would say if you're really, really serious about making a move and not, and there's, there's one thing to be, to inquire and that's okay. But once you're past inquiry and you, you're really like, i really want to explore this as a possibility, mm-hmm. then right. you can email me my email. I, I I'll, I'll leave my email. Please do not to blow up my email with just, a whole bunch of randomness, but right, right. Um, but feel free to email me if you're seriously interested in in being a part of the movement, being a part of um, what I'm doing, um, and staying in touch. You can email me. My email is Michael B is in boy Pratt P R A T T at gmail dot com. Absolutely, that's wonderful, sir. So now, now listen. Thank you once again for joining us today, and it has certainly been a pleasure. Uh, spending some time with you on today so please come back and join us sometime soon absolutely thank you for having me i really appreciate it thank you sir we certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode so make sure to join our facebook group out front with vince noble and don't forget to comment rate share and subscribe on the apple podcast or wherever you listen to download your podcast until next time remember you still get to write your own life story